Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And it's been a while, CD Projekt Red, since we last talked about Cyberpunk 2077. If you haven't been following Virtual Legality, we've got a whole playlist about Cyberpunk, its release, PlayStation issues, refund issues, and that storyline continued yesterday when... Because cyberpunk and journalists and reporting just go together, we noted that there were a number of headlines that wound up being pretty misleading. Maybe you saw them while you were perusing the internet. Games Industry Biz, CD Projekt refunded around 30,000 cyberpunk 2077 copies. Developer reports relatively few customers took it up on offer of a refund for game. Kotaku, CD Projekt refunded only 30,000 copies of Cyberpunk 2077. Polygon, CD Projekt refunded 30,000 copies of Cyberpunk out of 13 million. And IGN, CDPR issued some 30,000 refunds for Cyberpunk 2077. Now, here's where things get fun. None of those headlines are wrong. They're just tremendously misleading. And other big-time journalists in video games looked at this issue, looked at what was reported. This was when Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red was first announcing its financial reports for the year 2020 and said, hey, they only refunded $2.17 million out of $563 million sold. And again, that's accurate. But it doesn't remotely tell the whole story. And in order to understand why, We have to go back to that middle December tweet that Cyberpunk put out talking about what the refund process would be. Remember that this is the tweet that wound up getting investor calls and emergency actions and Sony on the phone and pulling it from the store and all sorts of tumult. So what did CD Projekt say in this? Well, we'll skip to the end. Finally, we would always like everyone who buys our games to be satisfied with their purchase. We would appreciate it if you would give us a chance. But if you are not pleased with the game on your console and don't want to wait for updates, you can opt to refund your copy. For copies purchased digitally, please use the refund system of PlayStation Network or Xbox, respectively. Remember, this was them going out with this before they apparently talked to Sony or Microsoft about offering a refund of this type. For boxed versions, please first try to get a refund at the store where you bought the game. Should this not be possible please contact us at helpmerefund at cdprojectred.com and we will do our best to help you. Starting from today, you can contact us for a week up until December 21st, 2020. We're going to have this open. We're going to entertain it for one week. And if you read that paragraph, one, it sounds like it only relates to physically purchased boxed versions of the game. And two, it's a method of last resort. For box versions, please first try to go to your retailer, your Target, your Amazon, your Best Buy, wherever you might have purchased a box version of the game. If that doesn't work, then come to us. And that method of last resort was help me refund at CD Projekt Red. So you go back and you look at what happened here. And in their investor call yesterday, while reporting their financials, what they wound up reporting wasn't their refunds. It was their help me refunds. We look at this article. It says CD Projekt reported spending PLN 8.46 million Polish currency, about $2.23 million in American dollars on its help me refund program. 
which included the cost of processing refund payments to customers around the world. When asked about how many copies of the game that equated to, an executive said it worked out to around 30,000 refund requests. In fact, if you divide 60 bucks uh, into that 2.23 million, you'll see it's a bit more, but they spent some money putting up an email, having people that were dedicated to responding to these things, paying for international transfer fees, whatever it was. This was a very unusual method of refund. You emailed the company itself, and rather than go through the place where you bought it, they would find how to pay you money into your checking account. And that's why it took a little bit longer. But note that Help Me Refund was not remotely the only way to get a refund done on this game. So when Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red talks about refunds on that game, and they say it's 30,000 copies, it doesn't make sense to headline it as CD Projekt only refunded about 30,000 copies. There are a multitude of other avenues to get refunds. Kotaku's first line says, out of the 13 million copies sold, the Polish developer apparently issued just 30,000 refunds and then talks about the Help Me Refund program. Polygon does a little bit better, talks about the fact that we don't know some additional information, and IGN has this giant updated here. And we'll get back to them in just a second. Now, if you're following all this, as we do in virtual legality, and you knew that this is what they offered, that there were the other avenues available and help me refund was the method of last resort, you didn't actually have to be a rocket scientist or a YouTube lawyer to know that this wasn't telling the whole story that was being reported around the internet. As I tweeted, doesn't really tell the whole story. This was almost immediately after this all came out. But in order to understand what story is being told, we have to dive into the wild and woolly world of financial statements. Now, before we do, it's worth noting that this is the province of accountants and chief financial officers. And there are going to be some words and concepts here that are amorphous, that can be used in different ways and will be reported on again in their next financial reports and certainly in their annual financial reports for next year. But we do see certain things that were misreported or not misreported so much as reported without the context required. Let's take a look at this. Note 35, page 73 of the financial reports that CD Projekt put out yesterday. Provisions for returns 194537. We're going to come back to that number. Here's what they note for this section. The parent company has recognized provisions, allocations, for returns and expected adjustments of licensing reports related to sales of Cyberpunk 2077 in its release window in quarter four, 2020. Now let's take a step back here. One, it's worth noting that Cyberpunk came out in December of 2020. So there was a very limited amount of time for anything to happen, either sales or refunds. So it's really amazing how much they've already sold of Cyberpunk 2077. And the one thing you can take away from this video is even though the 30,000 is pretty misleading, Cyberpunk CD Projekt, still the big winners here. They sold a ton of copies. And even if they have to accept refunds that they're estimating, as we will talk about in this section, it's still not going to impact their bottom line very much, but it's millions and millions of dollars instead of this paltry amount that was being reported. So these numbers relate to the sales of Cyberpunk in its release window in quarter four, 2020, which is only a few weeks at the end of that year because it crosses the financial reporting lines. These are provisions. These are 
estimates of what they think they have to pay, except for certain items here, which we'll talk about where they actually note that they've already paid them or that they've agreed to pay them. These provisions are represented as other provisions and further disaggregated into long and short-term provisions. What do those things mean, CD Projekt? Well, they say long-term provisions are for expected adjustments of licensing reports in light of the contractual settlement periods which cover four full quarters since initiation of sales and were estimated at 145,613,000, that's millions to us, PLN. What does that mean, Rick? Well, I read it as follows, and reasonable minds can differ on this. In fact, I had a wonderful conversation with a number of people that are a little bit more close to accounting that think it might include returns throughout 2021. But if we look at these sentences together, I believe what they're saying is these are returns related to the initial release window in quarter four 2020 from this first sentence. And these, the long-term provisions, the estimates that we have to make about what returns are going to be and are going to hit us in the year 2021 are those based on contracts that cover four full quarters since initiation of sales. That if you think about this, when you've got third parties, whether it's the PlayStation Network or Xbox or a distributor to a retailer, then to the customer, you are having accounting issues on a monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. And so if you've got refunds, you might not be paying out money or losing money right when it happens. It has to go through a process in accordance with the contractual relationships that you have with the third parties. So as they say, this estimate was based on information obtained from distributors concerning sales to retail distribution networks, retail sales to end customers, number of copies present in various distribution channels and warehouses. When those physical copies come back, we can start to see them in inventories, as well as the distributor's professional judgment concerning expected sales throughout 2021. And that's where I think a number of folks look at it and say, well, what does that mean in respect to that estimate? Are they estimating returns throughout this year as well? And I think they are as well as the release window. And again, this is how you get this opacity with accounting. But note that 145,613,000 PLN, because we're going to talk about that number in just a second. The short-term provisions for returns, which are estimated at 4465,000, are based on adjustments of orders or licensing reports concerning quarter four sales either already performed or agreed upon with distributors in the first quarter of 2021. So these are things that are not necessarily done on an annualized contract basis. These are things that CD Projekt has already right now agreed to or paid out. Finally, they finish with the remaining short-term provisions for returns at 8459,000 PLN are related to the Help Me Refund campaign, the smallest number. These provisions are based on the quantity of refunds requested directly by customers and the estimated operating and financial expenses related to the campaign. So you look at this and you break this down and this, the 8459,000 PLN, which is the 2.2 million US dollars and the 30,000 copies that were returned is what most of these outlets went out with as the refunds that Cyberpunk had, right? CD Projekt refunded 30,000. CD Projekt refunded only 30,000, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not technically wrong. And as a lawyer, hey, not technically wrong is the best kind of not wrong, right? Except it's misleading to a maximal extent. This small number here is just what they actually interacted with people on their email, that method of last resort. These other numbers are what you would traditionally expect out of refunds. 
Remember, CD Projekt puts up a game on PlayStation Network. It goes through that. Sony takes its cut. And if there's a refund, then it goes through that refund portal. It goes through the Xbox store as a refund portal. It goes to Amazon or Target or Best Buy. And none of that is included here. Instead, in a report to investors, to financial authorities in Europe, this company has said, we are estimating that this number, 194537,000 PLN or 51 million US dollars to you and I, is what is going to be necessary to account for refunds and returns. Expected adjustment of licenses. And that's the real story. $51 million allocated for this purpose. If you just did back of the envelope calculations saying it's $60 each time, would be about 850,000 copies together with the 30,000 copies in the Help Me Refund program. But that's not actually the math here. The math here is not divide by 60. The math here is divide by something less because at least in boxed land, you're not selling to your distributor at $60. You're selling at some lower price. The distributor is marking it up and selling it to retail. The retail is marketing up and selling it to customers. So when there's a return, each puts its cut back in the pie to the customer. And then you only have to pay back what you earn from money. Now in digital land, it's a little bit different. Some contracts are going to say they keep their cut anyway. If you go look at the Apple distribution contract, hello, Epic, I see you. If you look at the Apple contract, they say, we keep our cut. You do a refund, we keep our 30%, you figure it out. And it's no doubt that some of the contracts that they've entered into probably say a similar thing. So if we assume that 194,537,000 PLN is the number they wind up needing for returns, then they spend $51 million and they have something like 850,000 to a million returns of this video game. And yeah, it's not the 13 million they sold, but if you're putting headlines up that says maybe a million people returned Cyberpunk, that's gonna have a very different reaction than, hey, they only returned a paltry 30,000. What were you people even complaining about back in December and January? So this was a very smart, maybe accidental move on the part of CD Projekt to have this method of last resort that is the help me refund email campaign that they marked as a method of last resort. And then nevertheless, when their actual reporting went out, they were able to say, hey, using that method, we only had 30,000 direct returns. Don't look at page 73. How many journalists are going to look at page 73? And we can continue on with our lives and look like, hey, this wasn't that big of a deal after all. So, hey, you've been misled. That happens. I don't blame anybody. And the beauty of it is the headlines aren't necessarily wrong. They just only relate to direct returns. I think, I expect that if you're watching this video or if you follow this story at all, you think that a return that goes through the PlayStation Network or the Amazon refund chain is probably a refund, but that 30,000 doesn't include it. Now, I also want to give credit to a couple of outlets here. Ars Technica, a couple hours after I made my tweet, we don't need to toot my own horn, but a couple of hours after that tweet, they put out refunds barely dented CD Projekt Red's bottom line, 51 million in projected refund costs, versus 13.7 million cyberpunk copies sold. And then they talk about 
that $51 million instead of limiting it solely to the 30,000 top line headline. To their credit, Eurogamer, which was updated, so I don't know whether they went out with this as their story originally, actually highlighted that the 30,000 only talks about help me refund, so the total refund figure will be significantly higher. The last thing that's worth noting here is it's not clear that $51 million is going to be where they wind up. There are reporting rules and accounting that require you to go through some of this process that they describe and to estimate things that are going to happen throughout 2021 that you need to account for here early that relate to sales in 2020. But this can be estimated high. The better thing to do, just like Scotty telling Captain Kirk it's going to take three hours to repair that warp core, is to estimate a little high on this because it's very, very bad if you get this wrong on the low end and not nearly as bad if next year you say, hey, we didn't need 51 million, we only needed 38 million. That looks better next year. So this is essentially what you should consider the maximum that CD Projekt thinks is going to happen. Potentially about a million copies are returned. But if they can deliver something less than that next year, they absolutely will. But it's definitely more than 30000 just from this short-term provisions that they've already agreed to pay. That in and of itself is about 178 to 200,000 copies of the video game rather than just the 30000 that was reported on. Finally, I want to talk about this IGN issue. I pointed out that IGN had updated their article. To their credit, they say, as pointed out by Ars Technica, this 30000 doesn't include a bunch of stuff. Let's talk about $51 million, et cetera, et cetera. But... While that is updated for the people that actually jump into the article, their social media communications platform didn't get the message. So it's just the headline. No update, no change. CD Projekt Red has issued approximately 30,000 refunds for Cyberpunk 2077, which is a technically correct but wildly misleading and inaccurate headline. Thankfully, I've got folks that do read my tweets and go out there and put this out there. Now, they probably did it too much. I'm very sorry, IGN, that I think many, many people actually wound up linking this under that particular IGN story, but it's still worth noting. Clarity is king. Context is king as well. And we want to just get good information out there. So Cyberpunk, as part of this story, can still be seen as a big victory for CD Projekt Red. Maybe not a big victory for consumers, depending on how you feel about that release. $51 million still isn't a ton off of what they sold in copies of this game, but it certainly isn't this, uh, a paltry 30,000 of you cared enough to return it. That is not the story. And I very much like that Ars Technica found that out and went with a different headline, wound up changing changing things, potentially at Eurogamer, definitely at IGN. And that should be the story when we talk about these kinds of things. Financial statements are hard. Don't blame anybody for getting them wrong, but corrections should be had on all the items, all the articles that I mentioned at the top of this video. And hopefully we can all get a better understanding of what this actually looks like in terms of refunds and returns. Now, today, I would like to thank our Patreon sponsor, our first of the group sponsors here in Virtual Legality, Tavern Keeper, uh, getting a solo sponsorship here at the $25 level because there aren't any other sponsors for the month of April, although a couple have joined on for the month of May. And I just want to thank every single person that subscribes, follows, comments, likes, everybody else in regards to this channel because every little bit helps. But I definitely want to thank Tavern Keeper here for being a Patreon sponsor 
in April. Thank you so very, very much. And if you'd like to be a Patreon sponsor, we have those channels. The links will be in the description of the video. And as I said, if you'd just like to subscribe, ring a bell, tell your friends, leave a comment, upvote, downvote, whatever you like. YouTube loves it all. I very, very much appreciate it. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.